Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. In this conversation, I speak with Alex Shevchenko, who is the CEO of Guavas, a big data analytics firm specializing in real-time telecoms network optimization. Uh, Alex has been in the role for a couple of years now, and we wanted to dive in today with what he's learned over his first few quarters in the role. Really interesting situations. At one point, half of his senior leadership team decided to leave, and we explore how Alex reacted to that and how it turned out to be advantageous for the company. Uh, we also talk about his uh, approach to what he calls executive Aikido and how he was able to use that to create real benefit in the organization as he took over. Uh, and finally, we look at the high growth rates that the company is experiencing and how Alex has been able to ride that wave uh, and actually take a rather counterintuitive way to thinking about um, success in that high growth environment. So enjoy this conversation with Alex Shevchenko of Guavas. Alex, hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you, and I'm looking forward to this conversation, so thanks for joining me today. All right, same here. Well, let's, let's get stuck in, shall we? It's been, a, I guess, a, a year or so since you took on the CEO role of uh, Guavas, which is a, you, you'll tell me better than, better than I can say it, right? But it's a, it's a big data company focused on analytics for in real time for, for telecoms operators. It's a subsidiary of Thales, and... Um, you know, in the year or so, I guess, since you've taken on, you've had to go through COVID, you've had to go through a lot of change. So I'm really looking forward to diving in and finding out what was that learning curve like over the the first 12 to 18 months, I guess, in the new role. So thank you for joining me to, to do this. All right. Well, uh, really nice to be here. And yes, it's uh, that's right. I've been with Guavas <laughs> for two years now. I joined them uh, early October 2019 as a chief commercial officer and... I became the CEO early April 2020, so it makes probably a year and a half now. And so going from Chief Commercial Officer to CEO in a few months, um, just tell, tell me about that. Was that pretty much always a kind of a guaranteed done deal, or was that something you had to kind of uh, secure I, once you yeah. got there? It was a, I think it was a plan, right? Let's put it this way, but no, no plan is granted, right? So, yeah. so from the beginning, so it has to be delivered anyway. Uh, there were some internal and external factors. It probably came sooner than expected, but mm. it was also, yeah, it was on the table. Yeah, and so, sorry for interrupting, but yeah, I'm keen just to, to find out what was it, what was it that... Um, that secured the deal, right? Um, because <laughs> the reason I ask is, yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, perhaps, um, you yeah, get to, to board level yeah, and not all of them are then seen as candidates for 
for the CEO role? Yeah, fair enough. And uh, probably not, not all of them actually need to go to the CEO role and some would feel more comfortable in, in, in mm. another role, right? In my case, well, f- first of all, it's probably not the purest experience because it's not like I became the CCO and then some tremendous skills made, it, made me a CEO in, in a few months. It was, as I said, probably a two-step plan. But, uh, you know, we were implementing a certain change of strategy in the company transformation. And as, as we made a few first steps, uh, which were quite, you know, seemed to be in the right direction, but it was also becoming obvious that in order to implement the strategy, I do need to have access to all the leverages. Uh, that, that probably accelerated it, but obviously the biggest, the biggest, um, uh, impact was the external one, uh, the, the COVID pandemic, you know, the, the, uh, it, it kicked off in March and I, right. you know, it changed things a little bit for Thales. It changed things a little bit for, for Guavas. And, uh, that's where uh, I was asked to step in and take the full control. Okay. So actually COVID got you the job. <laughs> nice, well, nice it accelerated me getting the job. For yeah. sure, yes. Uh, well, I think it's and, good to it, slow down. Yeah, it's good to slow down just on that point, though, right? Because you were already leading a transformation in the business, right? So you were you were doing, you'd already taken on, if you like, a, a challenge which was going to require you to operate cross-functionally, yeah. right? Often I see, you know, even very senior leaders, they've got their functional hat on, and not their cross-functional mm. business leader hat. And I think it's when you be able to think about, well, how do I? Great change across the whole organization. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. then that's it. You become a stronger candidate for CEO. No, no, absolutely. And uh, I did have certain uh, experience like that, right? Because again, just just as a sort of a rewind to the past, for about ten years, I I had certain you know senior management executive positions uh, on the commercial side. So I was managing sales teams, but you know, in the, in the, in the big tech companies that overgrow some in the beginning, normally their product sells themselves, they're engineering companies, but at some point they reach the point of saturation. There's a lot of competition. So they sort of turn into the sales companies. The product doesn't sell itself anymore. There's a lot of pretty good competition on the market. So it's important to lead the sales and, the company I was working for at the time was actually in that mode. And therefore the sales, the heads of sales, the sales VPs, SVPs were basically the ones running the show and they didn't have other teams reporting to them. So they had to find and develop the way to lead other departments, other silos uh, without having them, you know, under direct Mm. control. So that obviously gives you a certain set of hard and soft skills. (laughs) Yeah. So that was helpful in the CCO role, but it also probably allowed me to prove that I would be okay and even better off having the full control over the thing. Yeah. Plus the COVID. Yeah. So what happened? So, um, so yeah, so you demonstrated that you had, say, this mixture of hard and soft skills, although I often quite like to call them, you know, subject matter skills and super skills, because actually, you know, whenever there's an issue... You know, why do leaders get promoted? Why do leaders get fired? It's always on these so-called soft skills, right? Oh, yeah. It's always on the leadership oh, yeah. competencies, right? About will it ability to win hearts and minds. So um, occasionally I see some of my more analytical clients kind of going, yeah, this is the soft skills. It's like, yeah, but these are the things that <laughs> decide whether you can succeed or not 
you know now you're you now you're no longer just an analyst or you're you're no longer just a absolutely a sales guy or whatever it is so um so yeah so tell me so you so covid right so you you um you start the role just as covid is kind of really making an impact around the world and changing organizations of business was that uh, was that an opportunity did you see it was it a, a threat you know how did you was it both how did you what, how did you deal with that yeah it's absolutely one of those threats not even threats it was actually an ongoing challenge right it was it was not a risk anymore it was just mm. there uh it was one of those challenges that was a challenge for sure and it did make my life much harder for the following 12 months. But at the same time, it was an opportunity, right? And, you know, uh, we, we, we always say, and they, they say in business schools or anywhere, uh, that, you know, turn turn a risk into opportunity, turn, uh, you know, a problem into opportunity. But here it was the case, right? On one hand, on one hand, uh, it's really difficult to start implementing a new strategy, a new product portfolio, go massively in the business development when you cannot physically see a customer. You cannot even mm. uh, see your teams, right? We all have to work remotely over one night or over a few weeks. We have to turn to a completely new mode of operation and learn to live with that. But on the other hand, you know, uh, Guavos is, is a lean company. It's not, it's not big. It's a few hundred employees, right? But it's, it's, it's got big ambitions. Mm. So playing sometimes against pretty big guys, right? And pandemic has shuffled everyone's cards. So it, it, yeah, it did create some, some opportunities beside. Let's admit it, right? I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side. I'm, I'm one of those who have the glass always half full, right? Uh, it did accelerate the digitalization of various businesses. And it did create extra demand for actually what, what we are working, what we are delivering, right? It, 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 it was, it's important both financially and, and, and mm. in terms of moral, right? So, so many people get, you know, a purpose in their work. So now we see we are helping right? Those network to operate better, faster, and at the end, you know, also somehow helping all this uh, remote and digital uh, world, right? Mm. So in that way, I see it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a help, right? Yeah. So, so it created kind of, it created some useful chaos, right? In the sense that yeah, exactly. you're able to kind of reconfigure things easier, perhaps, because, we had, to, we had to create new rules True. anyway, right? New, True. Yeah. And, and let's admit another thing, right? Because uh, when when someone like me, who has a nice track record of you know successful management here and there and achievements and so on, so it's like, but yet still has to prove themselves as as, as someone who can manage autonomously on their own a, a bigger organization with a full you know all around mm-hmm. responsibility. It's actually, you know, there is always a risk in the first 12 months, at least, that one may say, okay, well, uh, we tried it and it didn't work, right? So people may be cautious, may, may say, okay, well, maybe we, we, we put someone to, to advise him and, you know, or, uh, but at the same time, when there is some uh, extreme situation and the world pandemic is an extreme situation, uh, there is more tolerance in a way that, you know, uh, even if things don't go well straight away, it's it's still tolerable. It's let's let's give let's give him more time because you know there's there's an ex- external factor that may be impacting distorting things. 
And yeah. um, that also, another thing is, uh, is that for me, it was really important to set up, uh, set up like a long-term strategy and follow it to stay consistent because just, just mm. as past experience of, of this particular company, it's been changing strategy quite often in the past, but being a bit opportunistic, you know, coming from the startup right. mode. And it's, it may be good in terms of, you know, catching the opportunities, but it also does not help creating, you know, the, the, the perception of stability among, among the employees mm. and staying consistent and, you know, never minding some early short term failures without saying, ah, oh, it doesn't work. Let's change the course again. Uh, is, is helpful in terms of building the, 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 this perception of stability for me. Yeah, and, bu- and building momentum, right? Building a sense that there's exactly. actually you're going in the same direction and not exactly. losing exactly. The, the progress you've made. So, yeah, and, yeah. and, and then again, uh, it's, it's easier to justify and explain some short-term failures by the fact that, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's the real black swan here. It's, it's, mm. it's COVID pandemic, but let's still stay consistent. So it also helped yeah. in that way. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? If you have like a, a plan that you're working, some key things you're trying to achieve, then the ups and downs of the market can be a bit easier to take at that yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. And well, uh, yeah, yeah, please, please. What were some of the difficulties that you faced uh, in those that first year or so? I mean, obviously, there was, there was the external difficulties of the yeah, market, you know, there, there was that. But like, what were some of the particular challenges as CEO that you had to uh, overcome? Sure. Well, I would, I would, I would split them in two main categories. The first would be with, you know, taking any serious new job for the first time, okay. which is. You know, you, you, you tend to manage things in, in your job normally through a mix of, uh, experience, uh, intuition and, you know, analysis. Mm-hmm. And here you're only left with intuition and a bit of analysis. You don't have an experience to, to, yeah. to, you know, to, to, to found your, uh, actions on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so relying on pure intuition. And at the same time, you know, so that's one category. That's the, that would be the same even if it was not the CEO job, but any other yeah, any job. job for yeah. me. But that for the CEO uh, and leaving aside the external factors, so I, I won't hmm. moan again about COVID, <laughs> um, we, I did face, you know, the plan for me was uh, to... We, we started building strategy and then again, it was a bit new for me in a way that building the strategy for the whole company rather than for a certain direction or department. That was, that was, that was challenged, but okay, we did that and we did it in a very short term with the uh, uh, strong senior leadership team around me. And then I faced something which probably many CEOs face, which was some of those people actually started looking for a new job as soon as I came. For two reasons, either they were not convinced because they saw a CEO without a great track record of being a CEO coming in, or, and that's a very normal thing, which I believe uh, Mm. every CEO faces, is that when a previous CEO steps down or leaves the company for some reason, half of the senior leadership team would imagine themselves taking the role. And if they see someone else doing that, especially someone external, so they they cannot calibrate and say, okay, I respect this decision because this person somehow mm. deserves the job. 
they just decide to leave. So the challenge I faced, uh, I had a time bomb there ticking. Mm. A couple months into the role, you know, I had basically to start replacing half of my senior leadership team. Mm. And that we had to do without, you know, trying to keep the strategy in place. So that was a challenge for sure. It's Richard here with a quick interlude. As part of my coaching and advisory work, I often work with leaders who have recently taken on the CEO role. It's a big leap from the comfort zone of functional leadership or business unit management. And it opens up a whole new set of stakeholders, pressures, decisions, and responsibilities. I found that there are three key things that will make a huge difference in those first quarters. Number one, balancing the operational and the strategic, what I call CEO focus. Number two, establishing credibility, what I call CEO presence. And number three, managing stakeholders, those CEO conversations. I've written a short email series that goes into more detail on the transition to CEO and how you can practically sharpen your CEO focus, solidify your CEO presence and master your CEO conversations. It's insightful and it's entirely free of charge and you can register for it by going to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash curve. Now, back to the conversation. Yes, how did you manage that transition, right? That, that time bomb, how did you do that? Try using this, using this executive Aikido thing, turning the, you know, turning the problem into the uh, opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was really bad to see very experienced people, which I trusted, and we worked together on the strategy, leaving the company. It was also, you know, sort of uh, you know, moment of reflection, Oh, some people may not trust me. So, you know, sort of pinching myself, mm. self-confidence. But then it was a great chance to promote people and put them in the job and people from inside that would deserve a promotion. And, you know, the, the higher you go in this pyramid of a company, the less chance you have to go to the next level because there's less and less seats yeah. left. It's a musical yeah. chair game. And... um we did have, and we, we always have a list of, you know, great folks that deserve to, to, to be promoted, to be given a chance, even at the executive level, at yeah. the C level. And I took it as this. Uh, so I, I, I promoted a few people that deserved this uh, promotion and they were yeah. really eager to go. Right. Know, and, yeah, you've got new energy the in the job. team at that point. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the, the new senior leadership team at the time had a bit less experience, but it definitely was not lacking energy, that's for sure. And that was, that's, that was something we needed at the time, is a lot of energy. So, and, and, and did you find that was a, did it become a strength in having a, whole, a large number of new people in the team? Did you find that actually helped or was that did it actually still, was it still too many people changing at once? Well, they, were, they, they may eventually listen to this podcast, so I must say yes, but no, but seriously, <laughs> Seriously, yes, yeah, that's that, that 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 was a strength. Once 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 again, it's it's probably if it was the full senior leadership team at once, yeah, and we, you know, it would be like a sport sports team bringing the you know the the juniors uh, for each position on the field would probably be a trouble. But getting yeah. a nice mix of experience and you know new yeah. fresh blood actually turned out really well. Yeah, I, I, I believe, you know, if, if mm. it was a good moment and uh, 
I hope for now we've, we've managed it pretty well, right? I also hope that when you bring new people like this, they stay for a while, right? They just yeah. got into the job. So we, we have a few years together ahead of us. And so what's your advice around that point for new CEOs as they're thinking about their executive team and the stability of that? Ah. Well, uh, could, yeah, it's, it's, it's something where I, I, I could probably spend hours <laughs> answering, uh, trying to stay brief and picking the, the best of the advices. Well, well, for me, on one hand, don't be afraid to give people chance, right? And another thing, which is probably not so obvious, or maybe just I was, I was blind and <laughs> it was not obvious for me, uh, don't necessarily go, you know, I mean, obviously it's nicer to work with people that you just like, you can be friends and, you know, in the personal life, but it definitely should not be your selection point. Mm. All right. Just, just make sure you can work with them professionally, mm. but just focus on, 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 on what they can do and what they're eager to do. And it's obviously very important to resonate, meaning, you know, if they're great professionals, who do not believe in the company vision, right? And do not share the strategy. They can still force themselves into working as, mm. you know, next to you and trying to deliver this strategy. But if they don't believe in that, mm. if they cannot convince themselves, how are they going to convince anyone else? So yeah. they need to share the, the uh, you know, the, the idea. Right. Yeah, they got to buy into the, the, the overall, what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so love it. That makes their eyes glow, or at least I hope it, it does. So, And uh, in, that, in that, you know, we are both more or less in the tech industry mainly. And uh, it's, you know, how fast this industry is. So it's a, it's a very fast moving. There's always young, young lions coming after you. So yeah. you also have to not get rigid. You, you have to stay forever young right and move quick and, and be reactive and uh, that's so, that's the result yes alex tell me about what's next for guavis then in that in that context of high change All right. what's the next level for the business so you know i uh having moved to california recently i i, I started doing what every Californian should be doing is surfing you know right. and i'll use that so there is a huge wave coming and that's 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 a perfect wave to serve, right? But with a big wave, you need to make sure that it doesn't turn you upside down. But this one is is awesome for us. It's it's probably the best opportunity we ever had. It's called five G, hmm. right? So the five G and the, the you know the, the digitalization it leads for the other industries as well, for us is is is, is an amazing chance. Basically, because what we've been doing for 15 years, you know, building solutions, helping operators to automate their network uh, operations is now a must in the new, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's there by standard, but it's also there by common sense. Yeah. The, the network is becoming so complex. You need to have some, you know, real time analytics of all the uh, amount of data coming through the systems. So that's, that's right. where we're going to end up. And then in a longer prospect, because I, I really like to work on a, at least five year plus, Mm -hmm. uh plan we see how we can actually uh you know uh move out or extend uh outside the telecom space because we figured out that so many algorithms so many solutions we build can be applied to a non-telco data and can help people in other uh, areas uh, as well yeah it's exciting so you've got the growth of the actual core business in telecom and then you've got these other ideas 
yeah. uh, beyond, right? Which opens yeah. up a whole new wave of possibility, as, as you said. Absolutely. Uh, what are you going to need to do differently uh, yourself as oh. CEO, right? Because we always have our success formula that gets us to a certain level and that we can deliver at. And at some point, it kind of becomes our comfort zone. And you know, what's the bit beyond your comfort zone yeah. where you're going to thrive in, your, in this next phase? Yeah, well, I, I, I can think of two things here. One is basically just trying to find, you know, inner reserves to see. I mean, the ambition is to grow the company big time, like multiply it in sizes, right? And that means that I need myself to find a way to learn to manage a big organization if I mm-hmm. want to stay there managing it. These are, you know, basic words. But in more practical way, there is, and that's another thing, which is it's going to be a challenge for me, right? But it's not because... I need to change, but it's actually, I need to somehow save and preserve my current uh, ways of doing things, right? Because I mentioned that in this, in this particular industry, you have to stay forever young in a way, mm. right? Because it's, it's, there's plenty of startups, very small new organizations where yeah. they're reactive and so on. And right now we've been in a sort of, you know, somehow like a punk rock, management style with a uh, leadership team which is young some of them just young by age others just young by soul right and it's being being reactive and quick and and, and proactive as well rather than conservative but then you know we, we all tend to become conservative we get the experience and experience helps us but it also builds some you know narrow tunnel vision mm, right. and i want to avoid that i want to always challenge myself to various sides think out of the box so it's going to be a challenge once you once you grow you know you you tend to move to the experience experience led decisions from the intuition and analysis led and i want to keep the balance somehow that's going to be a challenge i love this idea of staying young and and continuing to look at well you know the title of the podcast impact multiplier right you know you want to multiply the business you multiply your own um your scope of uh, of influence and impact. And I was working with a CEO of a very large tech company. Uh, he's in his 60s now. Yep. But the, the discussion was, and he, he was the one really, who really got excited by this, this question, which was, you know, how do you have more impact in the next five years as you perhaps wrap up your career than you had in the previous 20 years, right? You know, what, because that's an exponential game. You know, you've got all this oh, yeah. experience and resources and knowledge and connections and everything else. How do you combine all that to do something extraordinary? And it sounds like, you know, we, we, in the business for you, you know, you've got the market is on your side, right? You've got all these tailwinds. And so to say, it's like, how do I actually keep just, riding the wave taking the opportunities yeah we just need to make sure that you know these tailwinds do not uh, smash us that we move fast enough to to catch them yeah and it's it's going to be a fun game for sure i guess that like i said the first year of the ceo experience was you know learning learning to swim being just mm. thrown out in the river but that was actually a great you know once you once you survive through that you actually have a lot of Mm. uh, new experience but then you're totally right i mean surfing this new opportunity which is going to be huge but we also will have to face all the problems and risks of fast growth right it's going to be a next huge learning uh, curve 
Fomi and my leadership team, uh, it, it, it's it's worth five business schools, you know. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> believe that. And um, yeah, let's see how it goes then. Perfect, well, Alex. Thank you so much for sharing these, um, yeah, this story, these insights, and some of these uh, really interesting challenges as going through COVID and team changing and all this. It's a fascinating insight. If people want to find out more about you or uh, about Guavis, where do they go? Well, they can definitely uh, hit the Guavis website. It's www.guavus.com. And uh, that's where is, is, is a little bit of my biography as well as uh, my uh, leadership team. And uh, yeah, you can also uh, search LinkedIn for it. There's plenty of uh, information there. Perfect. Well, does update uh, their news pretty often. Okay, well, that's perfect. Well, hey, Alex, thank you again. And uh, look forward to hearing the next story of... Um of the uh, beach experience, right? You First of all, you didn't <laughs> drown, and now you're going to start surfing. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing this. Very California. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.